In today's episode, Sam posed a question, which was drop your top bro science tips below on a tweet. And on this episode, we just want to dispel all the myths in the bro science community and what's actually valid and what isn't. So we're going to go over the top responses or the best replies on this tweet and give you guys a little bit of a rundown of what's good, what's not. Yes, uh, some uh, some bro science, actually a lot of it, they got right. And other stuff, it is absolutely dead wrong. So this will be a, a fun one to go through. So I'm going to read, we're going to read back through some replies from the, that tweet and chat about it. So we'll start here. You must drink a protein shakes within 30 seconds of finishing your workout or watch your gains disappear. There's a big discrepancy between protein timing and meal timing right after a workout. And the argument is, do you need to have protein really soon after your workout? Or is it just more important to make sure you meet your protein requirements for for the day? Now, some bro science will say that you got to have it within like 30 minutes to meet that anabolic window or protein synthesis window. Now, is that true or not? Thing is with carbs, it's true because with carbs, you burn energy during a workout. So you're burning your glucose. And when you finish a workout, you need to start recovery immediately, or it's better to at least start recovering immediately after a workout. So you're not as sore and you're more you're more ready to hit your next workout on either the following day or like two days later. So when it comes to carbohydrates, you want to start getting some carbs in your system immediately to refill your glucose levels. The reason why is because glucose will start essentially start helping your body rebuild energy and it it helps you build have it, it helps you get you it helps you get the protein that you need and the amino acids to your muscles sooner if you have more carbs. Um, especially right after a workout when it's all depleted. So you're saying we got to have carbs really soon after our workout. Now, what, what what's the timeline there? If we miss it, are we in trouble? I don't think you're in trouble at all. You just <laughs> If you want to really rush your recovery after a workout, then go get it in. You don't need it right away. Um, but it is beneficial to have it. Whereas for protein, you just want to hit that for the day and your protein storages do not, there's no such thing as an anabolic window. And 30 minutes after pumping your muscles, you don't just all of a sudden the protein does not (laughs) somehow, I don't even know what, what a term for your muscles don't have a timer. They're not (laughs) 30, 30 minutes or 30 seconds from your workout. They're not waiting for that protein. And after that 30 seconds, they won't accept it. They're going to accept it all day long. So, you know, for the general trainee, um, just the average gym goer, what's more important is just hitting your macros throughout the whole day. And you don't even have to focus on post-workout. Just hit that 180 grams of protein, hit your calorie mark throughout the day. And unless you're looking to really improve performance in the weight room, you know, like say you're really starting to care how much you can lift or you're going for one rep maxes, or you're looking to get into powerlifting, then I can foresee you hitting some pre-workout carbs 
and some protein and some immediate post-workout carbs protein. But other than that, like just eat your three, four or two meals or however many meals you eat and hit your requirements because it really doesn't matter unless you're looking for specific performance benefits. That's just my take on it. Absolutely right about that. And then once you start getting really advanced, you can try intra workout carbohydrates. That's what I actually do. So if your workout's running a little bit long, usually my workouts are like an hour, 10 to an hour, half. And around the 45 minute mark, my energy levels drop off. So I'll have a little bit of carbs just to boost my energy levels real quick. So I'll get some sugar in my system, um, usually through like a dried fig, just get a little bit of sugar in my system. So then I can complete my workout feeling, feeling fresh. I like it. I like it. I've, I haven't really ever dabbled with that. Kyle yeah, uses I, figs instead of BCAAs, I guess, which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't tell anybody. I actually use BCAAs. Oh, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I like salt in my water. Yeah. You know, when you get lightheaded during your workouts, have, having a little salt in your water really helps to curb that. But again, those are like minuscule things that really don't matter. So exactly. moving on here, here's another good one kind of related to the nutrition piece. Eat seven to eight small meals to increase metabolism. If bulking, eat every two hours. This includes a this includes waking up at 2 a.m. to drink a shake of blended chicken, broccoli, and rice. Now, obviously, that was our friend Chris who posted that, and that's pretty sarcastic. But you actually see a lot of bros talk about that kind of thing. Got to eat all that chicken and rice, eat every two hours, eat a bunch of meals. I've actually talked to people who have set their alarm in the middle of the night to wake up and eat before that's how hard they're trying to gain weight. Wow. Um, college athletics, that kind of thing, you know? So that's where I, a couple guys have done that, but that's definitely not true. In my opinion, I don't think you need to eat seven or eight meals, regardless of what your goals are, which it really depends. Yeah. It really depends on how much you feel like you can eat. Like if you're a hard gainer, then maybe more meal timings work for you just because you can't, you can't have two to three really large meals in one day to gain weight. You may need to space out your meals. But there's no such thing as honestly just eat however you like to eat. You don't have to force anything onto you that doesn't work. If you if you don't like breakfast, skip it. If you enjoy just having one big meal a day, then just do it. Just do what works for you. Don't listen to any of the crap saying like seven to eight small meals a day will increase your like the anabolic window we were talking about and and help you metabolize your fat and all that stuff because it's it doesn't really work like that. And if you do think like that, you're kind of majoring in the minors, there are a lot bigger fish you can fry than to worry about the small things like that. Like, do you actually have your sleep on point to at least seven to eight hours a night? Do you actually eat enough protein in your day? Do you actually eat how many calories you should be eating dependent on what your goals are? Like, Get get those things right before worrying about your meal timings and all that other stuff. Yeah. And you know, there's art like the hard gainer situation, for instance. I think the meal timing and the amount of meals matters in that case. Like, if you're 150 pounds soaking wet and you need to, and you're wanting to gain weight and get really strong really fast, you shouldn't be eating two meals a day or one. Yeah. Meal. You should be eating, you know, four, five, six meals a day and making sure to hit your protein requirements. I think that's that case 
is when it matters. But like for, you know, the average dude who's just, you know, maybe looking to cut a few pounds or whatever, and then gain some muscle doesn't really matter. Just hit your protein requirements, you know? Yep. So moving on to the next one, what do we got here? Okay. Here's one drop your top bro science tip. And this is, well, this wasn't from Francis, but it was from, um, I'm not even sure how to pronounce her name. Renee Nakamoto quoting Fran coach, uh, Francis, Malia, who we had on the podcast here a while ago, quotes, top bro science tip. Don't be a fucking idiot. Perfect. (laughs) Um, Next one here. Top bro science tip. Three sets of Latina women a week is a foolproof testosterone booster. And I'm not sure about the validity of of that one. And I I don't don't know if you do. I don't think we can add anything more to that. Yep. I'm not sure how you can make sets of Latina women, but somebody apparently has the answer to that. <laughs> um, no matter how strong you are, deadlifts start at 135. Quoted from Dom Mazzetti or Bro Science Life. So that's a, well, for a guy of average build, I might have to say, yeah, deadlifts start at 135. Yeah, for, for guys, it kind of rings true. For females, obviously not. Yeah. The biggest thing is I would say that if you're not doing 135, you're starting a bit lower to the ground. So you're kind of in like a deficit deadlift. Yeah. So RDLs are probably a better option. Romanian deadlifts. Yep. Rather than grabbing all the way down. (laughs) Unless you're just learning. Yeah. Unless you're just learning. I don't think there's any reason to go lighter than that. You know, like most men after a couple sessions can deadlift 135, almost regardless of their size or anything. I've never, never met anybody that couldn't, any guy that couldn't do it. Women on the other hand, I think like, have you ever seen the the taller bumper plates? Yep. Like yep. 10 pounds. It's like exactly. women, most women, regardless of their size can do like, let's see, it's 10 on each side. So 65 pounds. So that's kind of, that would be my mark there for women Deadlifts start at 65 pounds. For men, they start at 135 pounds. Once you've learned how to deadlift correctly. Yes. <laughs> Big key there. Stop deadlifting like a jackass. Anyway. I agree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle, you got a couple? All right. So this one, high reps with low weight for toning up. Ooh. This is the from the burn calories during your workout. I mean, burn calories during your lift group. Um, what do you think of that one? I don't know what to think of that. <laughs> like high reps. A lot of people say like, at least when I see Instagram posts, they'll say like one to three reps strength, three to f- or like one to four reps is strength, five to eight. Like, what do they say? I don't even know. And then they'll say like eight to 12 is hypertrophy. Yep. And then like 15 plus is endurance. Yeah. <laughs> Which, and what do you think about that? <laughs> it's kind of true. Like if you're really testing strength, strength, which we've talked about in earlier episodes, which is, you know, force production against external resistance and to test the strength, like how you need to do heavy loads. So that makes sense. Like the strength in the low rep range. Yeah, exactly. Five. But 
you know, eight to 12 is apparently eight to 12 to 15 is that hypertrophy range. Right. But like a lot of studies also come out saying that those low heavy loads also promote hypertrophy and sets of 20 and 30 can also promote hypertrophy. And the differences aren't that, um, there's not a lot of difference between those rep ranges when it comes to hypertrophy. So the, you can get strong in those rep ranges. Like if you're always doing sets of eight to 12, you can get strong in those and you can overload those. Right. Um, but as for toning, like what the heck does toning even mean? What does it mean? I don't think anybody knows the answer to that question. I think what it means is literally just lose fat, build muscle. And if you want to do that, you lose fat by changing up your diet fixing up what you make in the kitchen and then you build muscle by lowering the weight or like increasing the weights every every week or however often you want to try to increase the weight as much as possible so either stick with one rep range five to eight for your compounds and just stick to that and then increase the weight every single week so you get stronger and stronger and you're building more muscle and then you'll get your toned by fixing up what you eat and making sure that you're eating the right foods, you're eating the right amount of protein, you're eating the right amount of calories. So you can fix all that toning by what you eat in the kitchen. What you eat in the kitchen. There are no toning exercises (laughs) ever. You know, like you get on Instagram and you see some girl with a million followers doing glute kickbacks. And this is toning for the glutes. No, it's not. You don't, exercises don't tone anything. You get strong. And when you're stronger, you can push yourself harder, which means progressively overload. When you progressively overload muscles, what happens to them? They get bigger. And then as you get bigger muscles, your body requires more calories. And if you put yourself into a slight deficit, then the fat comes down because you're burning more calories from the muscle you build and then you tone. So there's a lot of steps that you have to do and it's not the exercises that tone you. It's pretty much everything but the exercises. Yeah. I just want to go in a little bit of a rant here because it it kind of rattles me. But whenever I see Instagram posts of people saying like this at home body, body weight workout made me look like this. Dude, that's the biggest lie. Whoever says that did not get their whatever their toned figure or their physique from body weight exercise. Like the, the stuff they're literally giving you on Instagram. Whatever they're like, these three exercises made me look like this. Most of the time they did resistance training or they did, yeah, any form of resistance training. They did something that requires making the exercises harder and harder each time, either by increasing weight or by increasing time under tension and all that stuff. They didn't do these three exercises that magically got them super big. And I see women fall prey to that every time because they'll see someone wearing Gymshark doing exercises that don't promote any muscle stimulation because it's just simple body weight exercises or they're just core work. And core work does not build you toned arms. Core work does not build you toned legs. It does not give you a bigger booty. It does not give you bigger legs. Like, I don't know how many times I've seen full body workouts include 
four to five core exercises slash ab exercises, and then maybe one or two glute exercises. And they call it full body. Like, are you, are you forgetting about the shoulders? Are you forgetting about your back? Are you forgetting about your chest, your triceps? Like I can go on and on, but it's like, what, what, what do these people on Instagram think they're doing teaching, teaching beginners, like do these exercises to build my physique when it's completely false. And you know, the hard stuff that those people did to get the physique that they have, that stuff doesn't sell. It doesn't. That's exactly why they do it. It's hard. It's hard and people avoid hard things. But if (laughs) you any, any, anybody can lay on the ground and do five different half-ass ab exercises. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, good stuff there. Little bit of a rant. (laughs) Bit of a rant, which is just fine. All right, here we go. Um, Next one. High frequency equals more gains. So the more you do, the more gains you're going to have. Now, I, for one, am not going to go deadlift every day to try and get really strong. So I think that rest is a very important thing. What's your take there? This is the biggest way you can simplify it. You break down muscles by going to the gym. You build muscles by recovering. So when you're working out, you're breaking down your muscles, which means that you're not actually building the muscle. When you are building the muscle, that's when you're recovering and you're resting. So most people think that you should work out six times a week, six to seven times a week. People literally think you have to, the more you work out, the more muscles you build. It's completely false. You can work out three times a week, do a full body workout, and I guarantee that if you were on the right program compared to someone that works out six to seven times a week, you will you will be more muscular and you'll be much stronger than that person because you allowed your body to rest and recover to go at 100% every, every other workout or every workout. Yep. And who's going to be more compliant? You know, if you, if you bring up this goal of I got to work out every day, seven days a week because I got I to gotta work out really hard then you're probably going to quit after a few weeks and stop doing it because it sucks. But if you work out three times a week, that's incredibly sustainable for long periods of time. You know, so you can do, you can lift three times a week for years, you know, but if you're trying to lift, nobody keeps up seven days a week. I don't care who you are. Not even professional high level athletes. You think, what's his name? Thor, who set the deadlift record, right? No. Yep. Uh, yeah. Half Thor Bjornsson. Half Thor Bjornsson, who set the deadlift record, he didn't deadlift every day, guaranteed. And so, um, that's definitely not a good one. Yeah, I want to ask you a question then, Sam. How how often do you work out every week? Five. Five times. Currently. Currently. Yep. Okay. Um, in the past, it's usually been four, and then f- five days a week now, um, and then have like just like an intensity day on each lift and then one floating day. So, um, floating hypertrophy is what I call it. So, yeah. Um, what about you? You know, I'm not bashing on seven days a week and you're lifting seven days a week. Am I? (laughs) So I work out four days a week of weights and then one day is my conditioning slash mobility day. So the fifth day is not actually a true workout. 
I guess it is because I'm still getting conditioning in, but I'm not working to break down muscles. But the, the reason why I asked Sam the question, how many times he works out a week is because like you realize that both of us don't work out six to six to seven times a week. We work out under five times a week because we know that our body needs to rest and recover. You could, you could do six to seven times a week. If your intensity is very low, if you're not pushing really heavy weights, you can definitely do that. But the biggest issue I see is that beginners will try to do six to seven times a week or like five to six even. And it's very hard to go to the gym that many times a week when you haven't really laid the foundation of building the habit of going to the gym. If you, if you haven't started off with three times a week, how do you expect it goes six to seven times a week? Right. I'm of the belief that if you can at least get in once a week, that's already a win. If you can get in twice, that's a bigger win. If you can get three times, dude, you can do that for six months and you'll be, you'll be jacked. You don't need to hit the gym six times a week. Even now, I don't think I could consistently hit six times a week just because of how many other things are going on in my life. I don't think I can fit six workout sessions every week. Yeah, that's, it's a, it's a lot. Like, I don't know, being able to cut out the time for six or seven days a week to get to the gym, that's pretty tough, you know? And even like, as I've gone, forward in my training it's only you know now a couple months ago that i switched to five days a week it was always three or four before that um you know so the more advanced you are in your training the more you can probably go because then it's you know like a beginner can squat bench and deadlift squat press and deadlift squat bench and deadlift and that's their three sessions right but at some point you get strong enough that recovery from certain lifts, you can't be doing that three times a week. So then you have to add that extra day to cut back on the total amount of work you're doing each day in order to recover later in the week for your other lifts, you know? So, um, it has a lot to do with advancement, how advanced you are. That's for sure. Moving on, moving on. Running, here's another one, bro science tip, running gets you thick, muscly legs. I think I made a tweet about this a while ago. I've never seen a marathoner with big legs. Yeah, you don't, but you'll see sprinters with huge legs. Yeah, so then we're talking about the difference between running and sprinting, I guess. Sprinters do have ginormous legs. And maybe not ginormous, but just strong, ridiculous. And most of the time they're jacked too. Yeah, it. Talk about huge athletes. It's crazy. So I guess sprinting could get, get you muscly legs. I think it's the difference between, um, so like endurance, building cardiovascular health versus building anaerobic, like anaerobic exercises slash like, uh, type two fibers, type two muscle fibers and explosiveness, things like that require a lot of it requires a lot of strength to explode. So the reasons why you see sprinters being so big is because the muscles they have to work, they're like, when, when you, when they get to the starting line and they, and you hear the gun blow or you hear the gun shoot, like they're the amount of energy to push off of those starting blocks. They could probably squat. I swear every sprinter could probably squat three fifteen easily. Oh yeah. Or more. 
Easily. Like, yeah, just because how strong they are. It's crazy. Yeah, they're building explosive strength. Whereas a marathon runner, they're building cardiovascular health and like you're not really building to explode. You're building more to last for the entire race. So it's completely different. You're not gonna build you're not gonna build as much muscle doing endurance work as you would if you're doing explosive and resistance training. Yep. Kyle, would you consider yourself a fast twitch guy or a slow twitch guy? Oh, I'm definitely a fast twitch guy. I cannot, I cannot do any AMRAPs. Uh, AMRAPs is as many reps as possible. Yep. Sometimes people will do AMRAP training at the end of their workout. And there's something called the one rep max calculator. And this is just like a calculator to kind of estimate how much your one rep max is based on how many reps you do of a certain weight. And usually the certain way you want to do the, as many reps as possible to test how many reps, what's your potential one rep max. And whenever I do any AMRAPs, my projected one rep max is a, it's like at least 10 pounds less than my actual one rep max. Really? Yep. So I'm the opposite of that. Where like- You're a reps guy. Where Yeah, I'm a reps guy. So I'll be able to- the down in the lower part of that chart, I'll be able to go like way over, you know? So if you type in, it's like I've done, I've squatted 315 for 20 reps before in one set. And you type that into a, if you type that into a one rep max calculator, it comes out to like close to 500 or something more than that. And I'm not even close to that number. You know, so it's, it's funny how those things change. Like that's the way it is. Like I can do eights more. I'm always, I can always do like a, for eight, I can do more than what it projects my one rep max to be, you know? So interesting. Cause I'm a complete slow t- twitch guy. That's just like the way my family is tall. Lengthy. <laughs> I've got a brother who runs like marathons and stuff. And so the lifting thing isn't completely natural, but anyway, funny how that works it is funny how that works because i'm i'm a big sprinter i've never been able to run run long distances and it's the exact same thing fast fast twitch muscles i perform a lot better at one rep maxes than i do with sets of eight sets of ten um funniest thing is whenever i do like barbell rows i gas out really quick so first eight are good then the last if i'm doing a set of 12 the last four look brutal because I'd end up doing like pen lay rows just because I can't even hold the bar up. You always talk about your glutes. What did I say? I asked you about your hooves, your hooves, hooves one day, hooves one day and then you talked about how big your glutes were. He's Kyle's really proud of them. So. <laughs> I didn't know what hooves meant. <laughs> okay. And let's go to the last one. Just train your arms. She'll think you've got a six pack anyway. Eh, kind of, you know, like if you got big arms and big shoulders, but you got a little chub on the belly, you're still going to look good in a t-shirt. So like, I guess a girl would see it and be like, I bet he's got a six pack just because his arms look good, but that doesn't have to be the case. It's interesting because people that at least if you're natural, low body fat percentages usually make you look extremely skinny compared to a guy with bigger arms with a little bit more body fat percentage that just looks bigger in general. Like natural natural lifters or natural athletes 
have this weird paradigm where you can't be you can't be jacked with a six pack or it's very difficult to be jacked with a six pack um, compared to lean with a six pack. Yeah. What's the difference between jacked and lean? Like lean is, I guess a little bit skinnier. Yeah. So like when you see somebody who's got like claim who says they're natural and they're shredded down to where you can like, you know, see the, the six pack, see all that stuff. Likely if you, likely if you put them in a shirt that's a size too big, they just look like a skinny guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah. like a big, strong, jacked dude, like you could just tell that he's got big, big, strong shoulders, big, strong arms, but he may not have a six pack, but he could shred down easier, you know? So interesting stuff there. Yeah. And an interesting set of questions. Interesting set of questions. There's a couple other uh, couple others on here. Um, Ribeye is greater than filet mignon. Not sure why that's a bro science tip, but it was included. Eat meat. Yeah. Definitely. We're not going to dive into that. Yeah, the easiest way to get your protein. That's it. Yep. Okay, one thing. Weak core sit-ups. Mm. So let's, let's, uh, let's talk about the difference between your core and abs. And what abs do for you compared to what your core does for you. So let, I think a good one, like abs are for show and then your core is for actual function. You know what I'm saying? So what's the, the difference? Your core is a lot of things. It's your erectors, your, what is it? Your rectus abdominis, which is the six pack that you see your obliques. Um, all of those muscles in there. And also some people would argue that like your lower lats, your glutes, all of those are also your core, you know? So that's your big, that's your big core. And how on earth would sit-ups help get that strong? They don't. Good way to get your core strong is squats and deadlifts. Yep. One thing I want to add is, if you want an actual core exercise to strengthen your core so that squats and deadlifts feel easier, or not easier, but at least you're working on it, is planks. Because planks do a great job of engaging your entire core, your 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 lower back, you're your squeezing your glutes, you're making, you're making sure you're driving those elbows down so your lats are engaged, your whole body is engaged. And that will, doing exercises like that are much more beneficial for your entire core so that let's say you're you're walking out a heavy set of squats. When you unrack a heavy set of squats, you can feel it. And you'll you'll probably wobble around. But if you if you work on your core, then that heavy set of squats won't won't play around with you as much. You won't wobble around as much. And that's when core exercises are beneficial because then you don't wobble as much. But if you're only hitting abs, then that's not doing anything for you on the squats. Or the deadlifts. Yeah. So work on your core. Don't work on your. Eh, you can work on your abs, but they don't do working much. Working on your core, your abs are working too. So exactly. But, you know the the best ones. I like ab wheels. So ab rollouts, hanging leg raises. Yep. Um. Ab rollouts, hanging leg raises are good. Planks, weighted planks are awesome. 
you know, cause at some point you'll just get to the, you'll just be able to plank for a long period of time. Yeah. So then you have to start adding resistance. So, you know, those are, if you just did those three and then you'd get a nice thick, strong core in addition to the squats and deadlifts. And then if you want to see your six pack, then you've got to get in a calorie deficit and lose some fat. Right. So there's that. Um, fasted cardio melts fat. Fasted cardio. I don't want to get into all the sciences because I That's don't like, know all the sciences behind yeah. it, but like, honestly, don't even worry about that. That's like majoring in the minors. Once again, you're worrying about the wrong things, get your sleep, get your diet and get your workouts in. Don't worry about all that other stuff. Tattoos equals bigger muscles. I'd like to see a peer reviewed research article on that. <laughs> Cause then I'd be getting tattoos. Um, our boy, Zach Homel. How do you say his last name? Homel or Homel? Homel. Homel. Dropped in on this one and said, morning blowjobs increase all productivity. Seems like a pretty good bro science tip. That's the funniest thing you can bring up because I, I remember, um, what was it? Remember sports science, the show on ESPN? Yeah. They did, they did um, a study about like, if you ejaculate pre- or like if you orgasm pre performance or like before a big event. So I think they did boxing. Would your performance increase? <laughs> and I think for men, men, it didn't. And for females, it did. So it increased if they didn't. It, it increased if they did have an orgasm or an, an orgasm prior to the event for so, females, though, not for males, for females, right on. Well, ladies, if you, uh, <laughs> Want to increase your performance, you know where to start, I guess. I don't know how true that is, but that I just found that to be hilarious. It's bro science. We don't know. It, it can be true. It cannot be true. Whatever works. Don't go testing these things because <laughs> I, you could go testing these things, but like they're, they're so minimal. They're not making you squat an extra 20 pounds in the gym. I guess if a morning blowjob increased your squat max by 20 pounds, that'd be great. But... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I guess I guess I haven't really thought about it that hard. So there's our bro science tips, the good, the bad, the ugly, and we will talk to you next week.